Welcome to the Homeschool Loftcast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. Today, we have the distinct pleasure of welcoming Vanya Kepke to our stage, so to speak. I have known Vanya for several years. I don't even remember how long we've known each other, Vanya, but Vanya is a 2011 homeschool graduate, and he's going to tell you more about his story as we proceed, and a 2015 graduate of the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay, where he earned the Chancellor's Leadership Medallion, of which less than 3% of all of the 30,000 graduates of that university have ever earned. He currently works at Schneider National as a carrier support manager, where he's been for five years. But, Vanya, your story doesn't even start in Northeast Wisconsin. (laughs) So, in fact, it's not even close. And your story is really quite amazing. So, Can you take us back to the very beginning and tell us a little bit about where you were born and your early years? Definitely. Well, first off, a big thank you for having me tonight. Just really excited to be here and really uh, encouraged by your vision for a homeschool community and what the loft is doing for so many families. So thank you for doing what you do. But you're right, Tina. My story does start a little bit east of (laughs) Wisconsin. (laughs) Just a little bit. (laughs) In a place called Tomsk, Russia. I was actually adopted from Russia when I was 10 years old, and I do have seven siblings. So give a lot of credit to my parents for not only adopting four of the eight kids and managing a family of eight, but also homeschooling those eight kids. And yeah, even prior to me being adopted, my father was a naval officer in the Russian Navy. Mom had two kids. And my dad was in a regular submarine exercise. The submarine sinks, 27 of the 30 men on board die because there's not enough oxygen. My dad and these other two officers are stuck at the bottom, just going through severe brain trauma, through severe pain. One of the officers actually shot himself. And so my dad and this other one get pulled out. And from there, my dad becomes an alcoholic. So his wife Mm -hmm. and two daughters leave him. Mm -hmm. He um, ends up meeting my mom at a restaurant down the road. And at the age of 52 and her 45, they had me. And really, my dad was never present. He was always drinking, always out and about. Mom did her best. But again, my aunt, who's my dad's sister, would often tell me she would come over and I'd be in the crib unchanged, unfed, Mm. neglected. And so... At the age of three, I remember going to recycle some glass bottles with my dad to make some extra money, dirt poor. Mm. And my mom was painting the ceiling when we left. And when we came back, um, the ladder was in the ground, paint spilled. And I learned now that she died of a heart attack. Wow. So here I am, ages three to five, dad's never around. I'm walking my neighborhood, asking my neighbors for food for just the basic needs. And God was so gracious to provide those guardian angels, if you will, those neighbors, my three aunts and two uncles to come alongside and help me in that time. And really the best path forward was for me to be in an orphanage. And so ages five to 10, I was in an orphanage. And at the age of six, I got selected to stay with a host family in Spain. You stay there for a month. Hmm. If the family likes you, you get adopted. Stay there for a month. Really like the family, had a good time. Yeah. 
come back, no word from them. So here I'm feeling I don't really have parents in Russia. I'm not wanted in Spain. Where do I belong? What's my purpose? And really just become more bitter and insecure and prideful and unloving inside of my heart. At the age of eight, I got selected again to stay with host family in Long Island, New York, thinking, okay, maybe this is the time. Stay there for a month, have a great time, come back, no word. And at that point, I realized I was not only not wanted in Russia, I wasn't wanted on different continents. Mm. And a kid who's eight to be feeling a place of not belonging, a place of not being loved, it was really hard. So I became a very prideful and bitter kid. And at the age of 10 is where my parents adopted me. And I'll get into that part later. I'll, I want to pause here, but yeah. that's just what God has done so far. Wow. Wow. See, Jenny, I told you, you would just I, be stunned, right? Yeah. It is unbelievable. And such a pleasure to have you here. Absolutely. Just amazing. And the plans that God obviously has had for you the whole time, because again, I know more of your story that you're going to tell us. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So how did you connect with your parents? And were you even willing to try again? I mean, yeah. at that point, I'd have been like, maybe I don't even bother. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's kind of interesting. So my parents had three kids at the time of their own, okay. and they're looking to adopt a girl who's five and a boy who's seven. That's about a five-year gap from the seven-year-old to my older brother, Tyler. Hmm. And so they come to Russia because Grandpa Kepke, during the Vietnam War, was in the Air Force, and his job was to translate communication between Russia and Vietnam. So basically spy and <laughs> translate. <laughs> well, just put, well, that's kind of a cool part of yeah. your story, too. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really... My parents said, we can adopt from anywhere, but because Grandpa Kepke knows Russian, let's adopt from Russia. So they come to Russia, find Galina, who's five years old. That's perfect. Come to my orphanage, 200 kids. Find my friend Peter, who's seven years old. Mm. Things are looking great. The finances are looking good. Time off of work, the schedule, it's seeming to be prayers answered. Well, on that first trip, the adoption law has changed in Russia. And they're told that the first trip is to see your kids, visit them, Make sure the paperwork looks good. Mm -hmm. Then leave for a few weeks and come back to pick up your kids. In a way, maybe a way to get more money for Russia. Yeah. Yeah. And my parents said, well, we can't afford a second trip. So what we'll do is we'll come back and we'll pick up Galena and not adopt a second child. And that wasn't God's will. Remarkably, our church and grandparents came through with amazing financial support to not only fund the second trip, but to fund the second child. Mm. And so when my parents came back, they finalized the paperwork on Galena, then came to my orphanage. We're about to finalize the paperwork on Peter. And they were told, we're really sorry, but Peter's no longer available for adoption. He was selected by another family. Oh, my word. And so uh, my parents were just devastated. Like, oh, not another curveball. What is going on? Yeah. They'd already met him and probably fallen in love with him, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so they, out of the 200 kids in the orphanage, they get 20 profiles on kids who had been with host families and were interested in adoption. And the DVD they got wasn't from the left side of the orphanage on the third story in the room on the right where my friend Peter was. Mm-hmm. They got 20 DVDs from the right side of the orphanage on the second story in the room on the right. And one day I got called down to the principal's office, which, mind you, is in the normal occurrence. And <laughs> sure, Vanya, <laughs> <right>. whatever. <laughs> and there is the principal, assistant principal, social worker, translator, two people I've never seen before, and obviously mom and dad. And I was skeptical. Once again, I thought, 
here goes nothing, what will happen? But I had practiced enough. I thought if I can put out a, a good outside self that's happy and that's good, maybe I'll be accepted. Maybe I'll be loved. My heart of stone and me being crushed at inside and not having a faith, just yeah. a Russian orthodoxy, that didn't matter. Others couldn't see that. God couldn't see that. Right. Only the happy self. And in a way it worked. His mom says now, she said, Vanya, the moment you walked in, I knew you were the one. Mm -hmm. And so God allowed for that to happen. I was adopted. But between ages 10 and 12, I wasn't a believer. I said, I'm a good person. It worked. And I can share a little bit of my testimony later, but that's kind of where I got to that part of my life. Wow. So you came here fully adopted when you were 10 years old, or was it one of these exchange programs and you didn't know? Fully adopted. Once we had that meeting, everything got finalized, the core dates and everything in Russia. And when my parents did come back, well, there was a second trip they adopted me through that trip. Okay. Wow. So, and just like that, you knew that it wasn't going to be like the other trips. Exactly. Exactly. It was surreal. And mom writes down in the photo album, she says, I'll never forget when you first hugged me and said, I love you, mom. And tears just rolled down her cheeks because she knew that despite all these difficult things, God had orchestrated a good thing. And ultimately it's my life verse, Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. And I realized that purpose between ages 10 and 12 Uh when I saw that my parents and my family wasn't perfect. I lived with them every day, (laughs) but they had something inside of them that I was missing that piece of the puzzle that I did not know. But through the nights of prayer, through the Sundays of Mm -hmm. church, Mm -hmm. through the Wednesdays of Awana at the age of 12, we were driving County line road between Germantown and Milwaukee, Womenami Falls. And my older brother, Tyler and dad were in the car. And I said, you guys have something you don't have. What is that? Mm. So that's what I've been telling you for the last two years. It's a personal <laughs> relationship with Jesus Christ. And we pulled into a Walmart parking lot and county line there. It's a JCPenney now. And I, I prayed right there. And for the first time in 12 years, that heart of stone, that bitterness, mm. that pain, that insecurity, that unthankfulness, that unloving heart finally cracked and the Holy Spirit came through. And I just wept for 30 minutes because it was real and nothing will ever change that or take that away from me because that is the foundation of who I am. That moment changed my life. So within Philippians 2.13 or Romans 8.28, mm-hmm. God didn't allow my dad to die in that submarine. It was an awful experience, but if he dies in that submarine, I'm not sitting here today. Exactly. Yeah. He yes. provided the food and the people yeah. to guide he me through three and five. your parents to have a child when they were well past usual childbearing age too. Absolutely. I mean, you shouldn't be here for that Absolutely. reason either, right? I was a 10 pounder. I feel horrible about that. <laughs> wow. I can't believe you were a 10 pounder. Yes. It's amazing. So praise God for that. And really, I'm just so thankful for a testimony that is pointing it back to the author. Right? Absolutely. It's, it's yeah. part of about the story, but it's ultimately about the author of the story. Absolutely. Did you say always. you wrote a book? I'm interested in, I'm, <laughs> I'm interested in doing, so I want to follow in Tina's footsteps. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The great eight. Uh, eight t- great smarts. Eight home. great smarts yeah. for homeschoolers. Uh, order on Amazon and your favorite <laughs> retail place today. I didn't even today. To say that, Vanya. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Pause this right now. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, you're so Okay, funny. so <clears throat> let's talk about that moment because the whole adoption thing in general is just, and because you are how old? I'm 29. Okay. And how old were you when you were? 10. So 19 so you years were 10 ago. And you were, you were old enough to know. Absolutely. And it wasn't even that long ago, actually. Absolutely. Right? Yep. So uh, 
trepidation, fear, or the peace of the Lord straight away. How did you feel about that coming here? Yes. So coming to America, I was a little bit nervous. I knew it was permanent, but at the same time, those past rejections definitely were very fresh in my mind. And I wasn't sure, well, will they send me back if I'm not good enough? If I don't act a certain way, if I don't say the right things, I definitely was nervous. But at the same time, excited because I had that hope that this is that family I was hoping for. Right. And God was just gracious in providing me a loving family that knew the Lord as well. Yeah. And it just really all came together. And you wanted somebody to love. You wanted I did. mom and dad I did. to love. I did. I'm not comparing you at all to Annie, but I'm just... <laughs> Yes. Listen, stop for one minute. I'm just going to bring this up because here's what, I mean, remember, I know. Vanya is very musical. Listen, I am not comparing you to Annie. (laughs) I love Annie. This will come out tomorrow. Yes. (laughs) And the sun did come out tomorrow, but because that's the same thing. It, It comes down to wanting somebody to love you, that worth, right? Absolutely. And and not knowing the Lord at the time, for one thing, but just not knowing, am I unlovable? What is the deal? Right. And I mean. Yeah, it was definitely a search for that purpose and for that acceptance. Yeah. And the cool thing about our testimonies is they don't stop at the age of 12. There's a past, there's a current, and there's a future testimony. So at the age of 17, I actually got the chance to go back to Russia. And I had known the Lord for five years at the time, and I was on fire for the Lord, thinking this is the moment to share my faith with my family, with my biological dad, who I would see. When I landed at the airport, I said, hey, let's go see my biological dad so I can share the gospel with him. And my aunt, with tears in her eyes, said, Vanya, six months ago, he was crossing the street drunk, got hit by a car and died. And so even that was a a challenging moment for my faith. Because I said, if this is my purpose, if this is where right. I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to do, why would you do this? But I just live with a hope and assurance that God allowed my biological father to accept Jesus in his heart, mm-hmm. to hear the gospel, and maybe one day I'll see him in heaven. But at the same time, at the 17, got to go to that neighborhood where I walked the streets wow. asking for food. Wow. And my future at the orphanage was $300 of social security money, the open door of the orphanage. Mm. Granted, I had expanded family, but a lot of these kids didn't. Right. That was our future. They got the 300 bucks and they went the streets overdosed and died. And so now I'm walking down these streets, probably wearing $300 of clothing. <laughs> I mean, talk about a 180, how yeah. unbelievably blessed I was because of what God did after that, I said, I want to go back to the orphanage. I want to go see that. Yeah. And I kept it together pretty good in the neighborhood. Even all the grandmas were crying. Mm. But going back to the orphanage, as soon as we walked through those gates, I just lost it. Oh. I mean, I just felt so overwhelmed that God would say, out of those 200 kids, I want you. And the life I've been given, I don't deserve. It is only by God's grace and his, his amazing faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some of you, how you had friendships in the orphanage. Okay. Yes. So... Yeah. What about those kids? So how does that actually work when somebody comes in yeah. to adopt, right? How do they choose them? How does that go? Happen? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the kids do have a profile on them, especially if the behavior criteria add up and health. They're looking for certain traits within that. And I was blessed on weekends and holidays. My aunts and uncles would take me and give me that family setting. I would stay with them. Okay. A lot of those kids didn't have anybody. And so the orphanage was all they knew. And actually, a lot of the male Russian adoptions in the past were very traumatic and very bad, if you read about it online. Yeah. Um, so the reason it happened to me is because I did have that family setting. 
setting. So given those various things, I had a more appealing profile, if you will. Sure. Mm-hmm. Wow. But some, so is it ever talked amongst you kids when you're there about, you know? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we, we talk about, oh, this person just got adopted. And what are you going to do if once you're That's out of here? It's a hard knock life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's Annie. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and I'm not, I'm just, no, because it's, the other side yep. that nobody really gets to know about. Absolutely. We hear, well, I hear generally mm-hmm. is, you know, from the parents who are adopting. Yeah. But not necessarily what it's like to be in an orphanage. Absolutely. And you, and you did say, world. and you, you did say it's a hard knock life for us because <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we do chores at the age of eight. I would be given a bucket of potatoes before a meal and with a real knife, that potato peeler would be peeling a bucket of potatoes for hours. Oh, wow. The concrete floors and three flights of concrete stairs would be on our hands and knees washing them with the dirt bucket. So I can relate to Annie quite a bit and it maybe made me more of a clean freak than I am today. <laughs> But yeah, we, it was manual labor, no doubt. Definitely had to work very hard and in a way earn our keep, if you will. Yeah. So when you came here, you knew, okay, unless something really weird happens, I'm here for keeps, right? What was the contrast of your life in Mm. your parents' house? And I'm sure they gave you chores and things like that, but still. And then were you homeschooled right from the time that you came here? And, And how did that feel for you? Yeah, for sure. So the contrast was stark. I mean, I would say that the teachers didn't offer the same love that my parents did. The chores were a lot less rigorous. <laughs> no, not a bucket of potatoes. Right? No. <laughs> and some of those teachers, I mean, I was one of the better kids. I was sassy, no doubt. But, you know, they, they'd spank us with their slippers. And uh, one time I was at wow. the summer home for kids. And this teacher must have had a bad day, but she grabbed some poison ivy and whipped me with it. So, wow, I with mean. With the poison ivy. Yeah. Oh, so a new one. Yeah. So that was pretty bad. But thankfully, it wasn't a horror orphanage. We got three meals, nap time. So some bad things happened. Yeah. Yeah. But the contrast was incredible because not only did I have a loving family, I had a family who knew Jesus and they live that out every day. Mm -hmm. I finished my fourth grade at Riverside Elementary in Menominee Falls and then fifth grade through senior year of high school is uh, when my mom decided to homeschool not only my older brother, but myself and the rest of my siblings. Wow. How did they come about that decision after having you guys in school for a while? Yeah, my mom looked at the environment at my brother's middle school and just saw how important it is to give kids a foundation. It's probably okay. just enough said. You said middle school. Could you say okay, that again? Yeah. Could you repeat that? Did you guys hear that out there? Middle school. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, Menominee Falls. She noticed the environment. She took note of the environment. Absolutely. Right? That's critical. You probably already said this. I probably didn't hear it because I was visualizing Annie. But listen. So tell me about your siblings again. Now you were the second oldest. Okay. And they were not adopted or yes, they were. Yeah. So my older brother, Tyler is biological. I was adopted. Galena was adopted with me. Okay. After that is Brayden, who's biological, Kiera, who's biological, and then Reagan, who's biological. Then we did foster care for a while because my mom's mom, Grandma Waldron, has fostered over 30 kids over the years. So we fostered two girls from Milwaukee, Lake and Elena, who we adopted. Mm. And that's our that's our big family. What a great life. Wow. And what is the age range for all your siblings then? Yes. So down to your older brother, Tyler, will be 31 in October. I'm 29. Galena's 25. Brayden's 22. Kiera is 19, Lakin is 15, Reagan is about six months behind, so 15, and Elena is 13. 
Wow. And my and parents have three foster kids in the house right now as well. Oh my goodness. Because they're wow. at three kids, they're below the five. So <laughs> yeah. keep the gotta add them in, right? Yeah. <laughs> they can't homeschool those kids, but they can have them. Exactly. In, right? so, exactly. Wow. Yep. So what was your homeschooling experience yeah. like? Yes, absolutely. Overall, I would say it was a very positive experience. I enjoyed being homeschooled. No doubt there were moments where I was frustrated with my mom, who was our primary educator, or my dad, <laughs> who did the math piece. <laughs> All dads uh, do the yes, math Yes, they do. <laughs> exactly. But overall, it gave me that foundation of not only a good work ethic and organizing my own schedule, maybe getting up early and getting some subjects done so I could be done by oh, one yes. o'clock and I'd be in study <laughs> hall until 7 p.m. So... <laughs> It was very good overall. And those few moments that I may not have been the most happiest at, I go back and say, you're right, mom. You're right, dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so I know my parents used sunlight curriculum. So it was very organized, prepared me for college very well to work through a schedule, to work on my own, get my homework done. Yeah. Yes. Those incredible concepts. Uh, <laughs> Which is you why you, you didn't have that like freshman slump in college, I bet. Exactly. Right? No, no. Dean's list right away. And you love reading to this day, probably. I do you? enjoy. Yep. Yeah. I do enjoy reading and writing. A lot of those skills that I learned in homeschooling paid off well. My first college paper was an A minus, and they said, "Wow, who was your yeah. mentor?" I said, "Oh, my mom." They're like, "Oh, <laughs> yay!" Yeah. Okay. So, and it, it, I mean, all the way through my internship for the city of De Pere, my junior year of college, to my senior year of college, when I wrote half of the State of the City address for Mayor Schmidt. If you YouTube the 2014 State of yeah. the City. A lot of that was written by me, actually. I'm going to Google, yes. gonna Google it right after yeah. this. <laughs> so uh, again, I know both of you uh, homeschooled and now are such a great resource with the homeschool loft. Mm -hmm. I mean, at times it's probably trying and super hard as it was for my parents, but I give them and you all the credit in the world mm -hmm. for not only being strong for yourself, but being strong for your kids, mm -hmm. both educating them, giving them foundation of faith. Because that's not easy to do. I don't know if I'd be able to homeschool. So thank you for what yeah. you have done and are continuing to do. It's super oh, important. Oh, you will because it's poured into you. Yes. And I know <laughs> your parents are praying for you, I'm sure, yeah. with all of that. Absolutely. We've got to find you a wife first. Yes. Then. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Right? And then you will. Your children yes. will be homeschooled. And they'll be blessed for it. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And no doubt that homeschool foundation allowed me to be strong throughout liberal arts colleges and public yep. environments mm -hmm. to not only be strong in my faith, but in my values and my work ethic. A lot yeah. of that was because of homeschooling. Yeah. I, I know at the time when I, in 2013 came to UW Green Bay, somebody said UW Green Bay was the third most liberal university in mm -hmm. the state, but I got elected to student government president there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so just amazing how God just orchestrated all orchestrates that. Orchestrates everything. Yeah. Worked through all that. So we talk to a lot of parents, especially if they're pulling their kids middle, you know, middle school, high school, that kind of thing. Yes. They are nervous about their kids getting accepted into college. Mm -hmm. So was that ever an issue for you, any of your siblings, other people that you know? We kind of know the answer, but it's people love hearing from actual homeschool graduates and not we just the moms. We need you to say it. Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, and, and it's amazing that nervousness can be real because homeschooling is the minority, but it's no lesser of an education. Mm -hmm. it, at times it's even, I would say most of the time it's better education. And so that nervousness of like, oh, it's an official building with a letter on it and right. like a piece of paper. What will happen mm -hmm. if you invest into your kids, you pray for your kids, God's going to bless right. that. that. Absolutely. Right. And you can fine tune it 
And it's yep. the heart. When we take all the schooly stuff out, yes. when we just remove, and this is what we say all the time, but if we can visualize it, moms and dads, just like this, when we don't think school and we don't talk school, but we look at our children and we say, how do we want these children to live? Mm-hmm. How then shall we live? Right? There you go. Yeah. What do we want them to know? God. That's the first and the foremost and everything else. Mm-hmm. God will direct the path. But when you take away all of the, the grades, mm-hmm. what do we know about grades, Tina? They're for meat, Jenny. Yes. <laughs> grades exactly. are for meat, not children. Exactly. Okay, that is what it is. Exactly. We look at the person as a whole person. You yeah. say, what direction? How has God designed this child the, and yes. what do I as the parent need to do to facilitate mm-hmm. to the best of my imperfect ability that Absolutely. child getting where God wants him to be, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and and let's just look at Vanya where you're at today in your upper twenties. <laughs> yes. But I, you're just very mature, so smart, and your heart is for the Lord. And you were homeschooled. But let's really look at that. You know, the Lord had a purpose and a plan for your life, but so many parents are so afraid always of, well, how's it going to be when they graduate? What is that going to look like? Just like you, you mm-hmm, said, Tina, what, mm-hmm. how is that going to work out? Absolutely. Did you know during your homeschooling years, high school years, I would say, did you kind of know what you wanted to get into? Did you have a passion at sure. that point? Yeah, I definitely had a passion of the architecture world, the business world, a little bit of interior design, just kind of multifaceted. And being accepted in college was no problem. You know, <laughs> the experience within the homeschool environment to not only get the schooling done, but to be in theater, to be in music, to have played sports, and then to coach a varsity team my sophomore year of college, uh, that same homeschool team where the board trusted me with that at 21 just proved again that my parents were doing the right thing, that homeschooling does work, that more people should be homeschooling. And that as both of you have mentioned, it's tailored to that child. We're not trying to stamp them all into this little corner or this little box. And my parents did a great job. They said, hey, if you're open to going to WM and being in a more Russian community and doing architecture or going to College of the Ozarks in Missouri and Mm -hmm. graduating that free, there's so many different options out there. And homeschoolers do succeed in college or go into the trades right away, whatever their calling is. Mm -hmm. And often people say, oh, homeschoolers don't have any friends. They're super shy. Well, here is the big revelation. There are shy kids in public school as well. Isn't that incredible? (laughs) Just say the word, let's talk. You are touching exactly upon most new to homeschooling families fear right here. And that is the word shy. Socialization. Yeah, socialization. One of the things that I said it on one of our episodes, I can't remember, but one of the things I think is really, you know, so many parents ask about that. What about socialization? But I think deep down what they're really fearful of is that their child is going to be just this awkward, (laughs) you know, no one's going to like the homeschooled child. And it is just such a myth. We don't know where it came from, how it is about, but it seems to us in the homeschooling world, mm-hmm. we can really see the homeschoolers shine bright. They really just shine bright. Mm-hmm. They know how to socialize well. And that's right? a great point. And you want, want the right kind of socialization, right? You don't want just socialization. Exactly. What there kind of go. socialization it is, defined, is that? Define right. socialization, yeah. right? That's what yeah. I would say. Yeah. Well, define socialization. What do you mean? What are you afraid of? 
Right. I'm afraid well, nobody's going to like my child really is what I right. think it is. But also the wise parent, again, the socialization and homeschooling is intentional, right? right? As opposed to just dumping your child off with whoever is sitting in class with him. Yeah. You have no idea what those children's values are, mm-hmm. what those parents of those children are, God forbid, doing yeah. to their kids yeah. to cause those children to be bullies or whatever. Yeah. And bullying sometimes happens in homeschooling. Sure. I mean, we were in an ice skating class one time and there was a little bully girl that sure. was bothering my girls. Mm. Yeah. But the difference was it was not allowed to continue by her mother or anybody else for that matter. And so we dealt with it. I wonder how she is nowadays. I don't know. Maybe I'll look her up. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah. Vanya, were you able to see, because this is a great part. Like, so for us, we are also a theater family. So my daughter. As is my family. Yeah. Three theater families right here. So my daughter was able you know, theater was a huge part of our life and her days for sure. So that's not something separate. That was part because that's part of who she is. So she was able to intern at the local theater place around here. And we were able to do that because she was home. And, you know, with Noah being a history kid, he was able to have conversations. You know, he was able to take and run with it. Whereas if you were sitting in school, that would happen. What about you? Were you able to do that? Some of these passions that you had, were you able to speak with adults who... Absolutely. I think at times the homeschoolers have too many friends or too many (laughs) opportunities to be out and about. But yeah, I had many opportunities both through his players and what Deidre Wells and Mrs. Newhouse had started back in the West Bend area. Just simply incredible. I was Midsummer's Night's Dream, Pirates of Panzance at a church play even before then. I was here for about a year and a half. I have a video with my super strong Russian accent. Kidnapped an aisle and patched a pirate. I got the lead role. I tried out for a tree. I got the lead role and uh, that video is hilarious. I had to memorize a 12 page script being having just learned the English language. I want to see that, Vanya. I want to see that. But yeah, outside of the theater environment, sports. I was in the first tackle homeschool football team, the Swisha Saints, for two years. Mm. Played basketball for the Washington County Homeschool Association for seven years. Wow. Coached for them for sports, three years. Guys, sports, Yes. sports. Yes. That's a big question we get. You're yep. still a referee for uh, And sports, I started right? officiating sophomore yep. year of high school because my parents said, you're playing, you're coaching. Mm. How about refing and seeing yep. all aspects of the game? So now I'm entering my 13th year with the WIA as a level five official. So it's been a great so experience. Cool. Look at all yes. these things. He's not even 30 years old yet. <laughs> this exactly. is amazing. Yeah. And, okay, I also know that if it's God's will, you have some political aspirations, correct? Mm-hmm. And you're Absolutely. kind of exploring that. Well, tell us about that a little bit. I think that's fascinating, coming from Russia, living there till you were 10 years old, and the passion you have for this nation and its founding and all of that, which is also such a cool thing God's put in you, I think. Absolutely. Well, no doubt. America is an exceptional nation and we're the best country on earth. And having lived 10 years somewhere else, for those who question that, I would say live 10 years somewhere else and come back. Let me know what you think. (laughs) But really, the reason I have a passion behind politics is it all started in 2012. I was a sophomore at UW Washington County. And well, even freshman year, I saw a job being emailed saying, hey, line judge for volleyball. So I was like, oh, sure, I'll make some extra money during college, go down to the athletic director's office, sign the paperwork. And she's like, I'm a student government advisor as well. Do you want to come to a student government meeting? I'm like, oh, what's student government? I don't know if I really want to do that. <laughs> so I go up there and go to the Senate meeting. And she says, well, what do you think? Do you want to apply and maybe be part of it? And I said, well, I suppose I can give this shot. 
not because I was shy, but because I really didn't see politics on my radar. Mm-hmm. She said, Vanya, one day you'll be a student government president. And here I see that in you. Wow. And that reminded me of Coach Gumnus, my sophomore year of basketball in high school. He said, Vanya, you know, I had a bad first half. You're still my starter. You're still my shooter. Go out there and shoot against for a scene. And those sort of people like Coach Gumnus, like my parents, like Debbie Bush, like A.W. Washington County, who that not, I only not applied to be a senator. I was like this treasurer start of my sophomore year. Then the president had to resign. And halfway through my sophomore year, I was elected SGA president by 32 votes at UW Washington County. Then got very involved with the Washington County Young Republicans, was the chair of the Washington County Young Republicans for two years. Then came to UW Green Bay, joined their student government and said, heck, why not? Let's run for student government president. (laughs) So I won by 32 at UW Washington County, won by 31 at UW Green Bay against juniors who were there for three years. I was a transfer student. Uh, Again, God's story. So God's orchestration. So through those human level, that's just not something that should happen. Absolutely. It's those random things of going to signs for a volleyball job or playing basketball or getting some yeah. political signs from my parents. Right. Washington County said, hey, we also make phone calls and knock on doors. And next thing you know, I'm the chair of the Young Republicans. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you guys hear that? That is just so many opportunities that God has for us homeschoolers. Yes. Maybe one day governor of Wisconsin. Hey, God willing, God willing. And right? Tina, to your I know you can't be a president. Yeah. You weren't born here, but vice president, maybe. I don't know. For Did sure. they allow you to do that? I don't know. Yeah, that's you a good might question. ascend to the presidency. I don't think so. But yeah. No, secretary of state. Well, you can be secretary of state. That's true. Yeah. And to your point, then I had some great experiences interning for the plan zoning department of the peer in 2014. Mm-hmm. In 2015, I interned for Mayor Schmidt to as assistant to his chief of staff. In 2016, I ran Representative John Marco's campaign mm-hmm. and got him to re-election. I also ran for Screen Bay City Council twice in 15. That was the first time I lost in a three-way primary. Ran two years again in 2018. It was a four-way primary, took second by 29 votes and lost in the general by 59. So getting in the right direction. Yep. But after that, Mayor Schmidt appointed me to the Police and Fire Commission, where I served as a commissioner for two years. Hired some great police officers, promoted Captain Wyrick to captain, some great firefighters we hired. So that was a good experience. Mm-hmm and now serve on the Hobart Parks and Rec Board, as well as the Howe Community Resource Center Board, Salvation Army Board, the yeah. Curry Young Professionals of Green Bay Chamber Board. So a lot to do in our community, elected or not elected. You have such a heart for service. And I think that's yes. it. Like we were talking earlier, you pursue God. And like mm-hmm. you said, he backfills the blessings Amen. afterwards. As you're not pursuing political office. You're yeah. trying to serve where you know that God has enabled you. Yeah. Let's talk about that conversation we had upstairs because that 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 is so true. And service is so important. A lot of it is my parents. They set Mm -hmm. the example of we can live a comfortable, cushiony life and save these extra thousands of dollars for our dream home or whatnot. Or we can go serve. We can take a Mm -hmm. chance. We can go and choose God's call instead of our own desires. And adopt four children and foster kids. Exactly. And things like that, right? Put our money there, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so between God's calling for my life and also my parents' example, the American dream goes beyond the little house with the white picket fence, little yes. doggy, and two and a half kids, miraculously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, how does that happen? <laughs> you know, it's incredible. And so every time I see a need, I think of myself back at 17 in the gates of that orphanage and thinking 
this is more than Vanya's American dream. This is about God's will and God's purpose. And as we were talking about earlier, it's about chasing God's plan, God's calling. And if he wills, there'll be blessings. He'll back fills the blessings. Hard things may come, but keep serving, keep blessing others, keep living for Christ, and he'll back fill those blessings. I mean, I don't think about these things, but you mentioned the WGB award, yeah. the chancellor's you know, medallion, then being on a dean's list for almost every semester. And then coming out and two years later after graduation, being named top 15 young professional in Green Bay yeah. out of nowhere. Two years later, alumnus of the year at UW Washington County out of nowhere. And these are nice things. They're on my shelf. Mm-hmm. I don't dust very well, so they're all yeah. dusty. <laughs> but that doesn't fill my life. That exactly. never fill that missing piece. Right. That missing piece was filled at 12 when yeah. the Holy Spirit entered my heart and Jesus okay. changed my life. Yeah. Yes, and I everything else that. just proceeds from that. So. Yeah, so keep serving as uh, as we chase Jesus. Absolutely. Amen. How are you serving in church now? Because I know you are. You're also active in your church. So. Absolutely. So I, I always wanted to play the piano. So I remember seeing my teacher at the orphanage playing like, oh, I want to learn how feet and the hands move at the same time. Amazing. <laughs> and so at age of 12, my parents put me into piano lessons with my choir director and choir teacher who ended up marrying my uncle. So Aunt Suzanne, <laughs> hello. Miss Suzanne, that took a while. But through that, she got me involved in youth band at church. Then the worship team at Crossway Church in Germantown was mm-hmm. First Alliance at the time. And I've been in the worship team at the Spring Lake Church in Green Bay since 2015, mm-hmm. playing the keyboard there and just finished a lead class and uh, in the process of eldership equipping class. So God willing, wow. in the next two or three years, that'll be um, a good opportunity if he wills that. Yeah. So definitely stay involved in your church. It's a good way to stay connected and build relationships. Almost definitely. So good. Yeah. All right. I'm going to just go back to some little question, this burning question that I have. It's not as deep, everybody. Okay. (laughs) But let's talk about you spoke Russian. Yes. Yeah. You didn't speak English. Not a word. So then tell us about that. Absolutely. And I wish we had more video evidence of this, (laughs) but being adopted, being adopted at 10 between 10 and 12 is really that defining linguistic moment. Do you mm-hmm. keep your accent? Do not keep your accent? Yeah. Yeah. Do you You're learn? right. I'm a former ESL teacher. You're right at that window of, yeah. are you going to become fluent or not? Absolutely. Right so, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so in fourth grade for that half a year that I was at the public school of Riverside Elementary, I did go to an ESL teacher twice a day. I was surrounded by English speaking students, but that was just the beginning. Oh, shout out to Riverside Elementary. They had a, a Simon Notebook contest cover. Oh, yes. I drew a picture and it won. So next <laughs> year, every that. assignment notebook had one. So that's you random. Even, but you weren't even there, which no. is hilarious. Random wow. fact for Riverside Elementary. <laughs> but from there, it was homeschooling. It was mm-hmm. my mom investing into really good literature, mm-hmm. into very good writing assignments, yes. into proper writing, into being patient as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And as you both said earlier, finding my strengths and crafting the curriculum around what my needs were, putting me into theater, putting me into singing and musical environments. I give a lot of the credit to my parents for really allowing me to learn how to write well, how to speak well. And I joke often if I mispronounce a word or have a spelling error, I say, well, English is my second language. (laughs) I couldn't do that with math as well with my dad. I'd say, well, English is my second language. Quadratic oh. formula applies the same, Vanya. <laughs> so hysterical. So yeah. So can you still do? You, do you ever speak Russian? I do speak. Yeah. Just because you can. 
you know, I retain a lot of it. I can read, I can write it. Um, wow. Conversation, I guess, a little bit harder. I can do shorter phrases. Yeah. This would be a little bit harder because I don't speak it every day. I'm yeah. not surrounded by it. Right. Yeah, you don't um, have opportunity. I found that the hard way with exactly. with Spanish. I thought I was once upon a time bilingual. Yeah. A couple of years ago at that Thanksgiving dinner that Spring Lake holds, yeah. I realized how not bilingual I am. <laughs> For so, sure. But. <laughs> and those first six months allow me to get a foundation of English. Yeah. And uh, that year, year and a half is really where I solidified it and was able to speak English uh, fluently. Yeah. Was it hard for you? Were there some frustration? Oh, I, I bet. Because of those first six months, it was, yeah. had to be the translator book and pointing. Yes. And again, I wish we had more of the video evidence. I wonder how I did it and Galena, how she did it. Yeah. But again, between the ESL teachers at Riverside yeah. Elementary and back to homeschooling, it works. It allows us to yes. speak a new language, you it know, really does, homeschool your kids. And your parents had no them. like ESL background language. <laughs> Stick no, anything. It no. was love and the Lord, right? Yeah. Amen. That's it. And, Amen. And their diligence. Yes. They're just desire Amen. to persevere through it, I'm That's sure, right. right? That's a great, yeah, amen. That's a great question. I totally forget about yeah. that part, but I did have to learn English. Yeah. Do you Did's, even hear that he has an accent, Jenny? I, yes, kind of a little bit. Sure. Yep. But, but I mean, you do it well. I mean, yes. you, you're a good English yes. speaker. Absolutely. But yeah, I can tell. Yep. yep. I mean, I have a Wisconsin accent. Sure. <laughs> For I sure. I want Wisconsin accent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Let's see, you guys here, I want to tell you this. Homeschooling is not separate from life. Right. We see this with Vanya. Homeschooling was living his life. It was living his life. And the Lord had a plan and a purpose and still does. Mm -hmm. And for your children as well, you don't need to have this fear. It's not a separate compartment. This is what the, unfortunately, the public school system, these are all separated airtight compartments, but that is not life. When we learn, we learn daily in all things that we do outside. And you can really just, you can look at the desires that the Lord has placed in your children and you yes. can capitalize on them. Yes. Amen. And you have all the time to do it. You know, I, I was talking today just about this. So many moms right now we're seeing on uh, Facebook and God bless them all because I imagine it is very sad to send your children away mm-hmm. when the summer's over. As we tape this, we're two days away from public school starting. So yes. that's that's why we're seeing the stress and the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Of it. Yeah, yeah. And it's especially now just so stressful. Yeah. And I think you and I, Tina, had this conversation that, yeah, those tears that you're crying, that is normal. Mm-hmm. You should be crying those tears. And, and I don't mean to sound mean. I just mean that the Lord would have us to raise our children. That, yes. is, that is what he planned. And so that we can be assured with what they're learning. And where would Vanya be today if oh, his parents gosh. didn't invest this into him? Because it, it wasn't Absolutely. their plan. It wasn't Vanya's plan. It was God's plan. Amen. And it Amen. had to be addressed. And they obeyed. And God the, chose and the them. fruit is yes. here. In all your siblings, I'm yes. sure. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, the absolute scary reality is that, you know, because God has a plan and a purpose for your children and you're not the one, you're not the one teaching them and training them, Mm -hmm. then who is? And then what happens with God's plans? That's a terrifying thought. Absolutely. And so we are absolutely delighted to have you here today. Yes, that's been a lot of fun conversation. Thank you for so having this, me. This story was not your long version. It was not, no. <laughs> I would love to hear your long version. 
for sure. For Maybe sure. We need to invite your parents up sometime. Too. Yeah. Yes. I'd love to hear Wouldn't their that perspective. Be great. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm just amazed at what they did. I, I think back, my dad was my age. He was 29. My mom was 31. So thinking that I would be going halfway you across the world. You just your mother's age, by <laughs> She's been 29 <laughs> there for go. the last however many yeah. years. She actually recently bumped it to 39, so we're good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, for them to go halfway across the world at yeah. that age is incredible. The calling. The calling, yeah. yeah right? be, hear the calling, pray Gosh. about it, be faithful and follow through. Yes. And God rewards that. God really does. It's not necessarily even in me specifically, but just the experience and what they learned from that, how they grew their faith mm. through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you guys all get, are you together often? Now everybody's growing up. For sure. We're all in the same state. I would say, you know, depends on the month, but mm-hmm. it's a good amount. We have our chat group on texting and we, Aww. my parents are, are, are in Fond du Lac. So it's nice and central. So yeah, probably two, three times a month. Yeah. if not more. So I want your mom and dad to come here. Absolutely. Yes. Because I want to talk with them. Yes. And yes. everybody wants to hear the rest of the story. That's right. Mom and dad, if you're listening, <laughs> let's get this set up. You are invited to our house for <laughs> yes. this podcast. Anytime. So yeah. Well, is that a wrap friends? I, I think, think it is. So. Oh, moms and dads listening. I hope that you know that you are the very best teacher for your children. You are the very best model for your children. And you will never doubt that because God has called you to them. They belong to you and they belong to him. I hope that you have a blessed rest of your night, day, morning, whatever it might be. Thank you so much for tuning in.